Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. WWE held their first ever live show in Australia. This is your Super Showdown After Show. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz. <laughs> Time to play. All right, guys, what is up? Welcome to the After Show here today. I am super excited to be back, first of all, and be joined back again with my lovely, lovely, can I use that word? Handsome, lovely gentleman. I don't know, what what word should I use since you guys are dudes? George and Steve? Okay, with my dudes? No, that sounds wrong. We can't be lovely and handsome people? I think that's okay. All right, this was a terrible intro. Sorry, guys. Does that mean I can't call you handsome? I can be handsome. Okay. All right, then guys. I can be lovely. This got off to a terrible start, but we have lots to talk about in a sort of way. There is so much going on right now in the world of wrestling, so many events to start with, and I kind of feel like this show, Super Showdown, is one of the ones heading into so many other upcoming shows, Crown Jewel, Evolution, Survivor Series. We're just going to be back to back to back here, but first and foremost, let's, let's just kind of kick off with sort of like a basic thought overview of the show, maybe... I don't know, George, go ahead and just kick that off. Let us know what you thought about it in the future. I, I liked it. I mean, obviously, we're seeing a lot of the, more of these shows in terms of, you know, the Saudi Arabia show that one, that just happened a couple, months, a couple months ago, and then one that's coming up, and now you have this one that was kind of like an international... You get what I'm saying? It's a global, international <laughs> show. But I liked it. I, I thought I thought the first Saudi Arabia show was kind of a glorified, glorified house show. I thought this felt more of an actual pay-per-view than, than, than a glorified house show. It was very solid. I think the match card overall, very good quality matches overall. But now, what I want to know, was this, this was a little bit that we were talking about, Steve, is that does it kind of hurt us here, for us folks here in the U.S. that didn't stay up to watch the show? Because I know this aired, what, 2 a.m. Saturday mm-hmm. for uh, our time. time yeah. Does it, hurt, does it hurt, hurt that for us? Um, that That's not what hurt this show for me. What hurt this show for me was, not to say it was Glorified House Show, because we had pay-per-view matchups that had house show finishes. I think it would be the best way to describe it. All the pay-per-view matchups had house show finishes, except for one, and we'll get to that. And then a lot of them were just house show matches with house show finishes, where you're like, oh, that's what you would have expected to happen. Everyone's going to go home happy. 70,000 people got to go home happy, so you can't complain that much. It was four hours. We all watched it. So who are we to say it wasn't the greatest thing ever? I don't. I don't think the time though has really much to do no. with it because in this network era, if this was live on pay per view, absolutely. But the fact that you can pretty much go to sleep, wake up, and watch it, and at your own time, I think that's how the network has changed in terms of how you view a WWE event. I don't know about you guys. I kind of sort of just missed out on the live tweeting aspect mm. for me because I yeah. love to live tweet and get everyone's opinions as the show is going. Yeah. Obviously, that's not going to happen if the show is on at 2 a.m. and then <laughs> I watch it later on on a Sunday. But obviously, some of the words that you guys were both mentioning, which was house show, we kept feeling that maybe this was a, like you said, glorified house show, kind of like what we said with the Saudi Arabia show. But 
Here's the reason why, necessarily, we would never, ever, ever have, or maybe we would, okay, <laughs> Triple H and The Undertaker for the last time on the show today. Obviously, they're not going to have their last match at a house show. No, they're going to have it here at the Super Showdown. So I want to know, what were your guys' thoughts overall on the main event for tonight? Obviously, one of the, 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 the match that everyone was there to see. Steve, we'll start with you. Um, This match was a spectacle. It was something you couldn't see anywhere else. Something... If you, had asked, if you had asked anyone months ago if it would ever happen, like if you had asked anyone before WrestleMania if this match would have ever happened at all, I think the answer would have, wouldn't have been yes. It would, like, so on the attraction front, I think it was good. On the match front, I mean, Undertaker is, I mean this with all due respect, Undertaker was kind of showing his age in this match. So was Triple H, but Triple H, like, and it was one of those things cardio-wise that I was looking at this match and I was like, wow, there's really no substitute for just working a couple hundred dates a year, cardio-wise. Like, there's very little else that can substitute for that. Like, they, like very early on in the match, they both looked like they were sucking wind, like they were both really blown up that they had to rely a lot on gimmicks and, like, running around the building and, like, having their, having another, having their second there. That said, these characters have been built up for a very, very long time, and I really, really enjoyed watching them clash in this new story, which is bragging rights well after the fact. It was a little slower paced, I think. I, mm. I like that you touched base on the fact that The Undertaker was, unfortunately, showing his age. But we all kind of saw that coming, maybe expected it. You know, The Undertaker has been in the WWE for 20-plus years, mm. guys. So, obviously, he's not going to be moving the way he was at the start or even at the peak of his career. But given that you mentioned also about Triple H kind of showing his age, too, I think given if he was there with a different opponent, maybe it wouldn't have been as noticeable as it was with The Undertaker. But I don't know. George, what were your thoughts? It's funny that you like. I I just had a match like ten days ago, and if you watch the match, I did nothing. Like I didn't do like a quarter <laughs> of the stuff or a tenth of stuff. But at the end of the match, I was huffing and puffing, <laughs> and, and, and it's just I remember. But at, I mean, I wasn't blown up, but I was just like, like man, I am tired. Like, but it's yeah. awesome. Like I want to keep doing this, but it's like I'm just tired. So that, like just to for people to say like, oh well, you know, at their age, this and that. I'm like, dude, that's incredible. Whatever it is that they end up doing, even if they're you know ten steps behind of what they were you know twenty years ago, like whatever they're doing now, it's still like insane. Uh, as far as the actual match, I compare this match to. Mania 31 Sting versus Triple H where mm. it was more of a visual spectacle with some pretty cool interference you know cause you had Shawn Michaels you had Kane you know Demon Kane I'm like dude you had the mayor of like Cox or Cox Knox County Knox County Cox County Cox I, County yeah. I don't know I don't know I would, whatever um, for time or I would get into that sure um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I was like, dude, and, and that's pretty cool. And the fact that seeing Shawn Michaels take so many bumps, like, dude, what are you doing? You don't have to take that many bumps, but I guess maybe he's just getting his body ready, blah, blah, whatever. But uh, I thought it was good, you know? Mm. I, I thought, I mean, granted, I think by by nature, people are going to compare their match from Mania 27 to Mania 28. Mm-hmm. Nowhere near those. Like, but that's not fair, because I think that's, that's probably not what they were going for. That's apples and oranges. I think this is a different... Both characters are on a different chapter from where those characters were at WrestleMania. Exactly. And they told a different story. Like, I'm the physical component of the story. And I'm honestly, I don't even want to say I'm bummed so much as just, it was a realization I had, which is, you know Triple H and 
and The Undertaker are professional athletes to the point that when they're at the gym leading up to a match in front of 70,000 people, they're doing everything they can to get their wind up. And even so, this is the best they've done within the cardio, within the cardio. and I think it speaks more... It speaks more to just how ridiculously physical you have to be to do this. That at a certain point, like, if you're not in the best of shape, it, it kind of shows. And it only showed a little, and it didn't affect the match. If anything, it, it enhanced the match, because part of the match was that these are old dogs. And I think it was just, again, whatever it is that they were trying to go for, it was... Essentially, wrestling is many, many, many things. Many, many things. It's, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Infomercial. It's, uh, it's, you know, the product. It's a movie. It's all these things. This match, I feel like, was intent, sole, per, sole intent purposes, was to build toward the tag match. The rumored tag match that's happening Oof. probably at Crown Jewel. And I think for whatever it was meant to do, I thought it was great. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Really quick, though, I kind of want to circle back to what you said about, uh, uh, who did you say, Triple H or Shawn Michaels? No, Shawn Michaels taking a lot of bumps. I also wanted to point out that Triple H was bumping like crazy for The Undertaker. And I also wanted to mention that I felt that Kane kind of got flown out to Australia just to take that table bump as well. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, you know... I, the Undertaker probably can't take I, it as well right I think, now. But I have a theory that Kane has a Gorilla Monsoon contract, which is you just have a job here forever. Yeah, but we'll fly out to Australia. We'll use your character. We'll just we'll we'll get you on TV while you're running for mayor, like mayor of Knox County. Like we'll help. Like just very much like you've been so loyal to us for so long. You have a job until you die. Right. That, like the Gorilla Monsoon contract, if you will. So I, I don't know. That's how, I think that's how they see Glenn Jacobs. But yes, I totally agree uh, that you pointed that out, George, about this leading up to the tag match for Crown Jewel, as we saw afterwards with with the turn at the end with The Undertaker and Kane attacking Triple H and Shawn Michaels. So, yeah, that's definitely what we're yeah. most likely going to be seeing at Crown Jewel. It hasn't been announced just yet, but I think we're definitely leaning towards that. But now let's go ahead and move on to The Shield, which who defeated Ziggler, McIntyre, and Braun Strowman. <laughs> what did you guys think about this match overall? Steve, we'll start with you. <laughs> um, this match was also as expected. This this was a really big house show match, and this will be the first time, like, this won't be the first time I say house show, but it's very much a three-on-three survival, like, stakes were there, the intro was fun, but at the end of the day, this is a three-on-three tag match with no real stakes. Like, no one, no, neither team actually gained anything from winning or losing the match. I'm glad you said that, Steve, because because you said that there was no stakes. This was, in fact, a match that should have pushed the storyline further. So with that being said, do you guys think that this should have been a reverse? That instead, Ambrose should have been the one to get pinned to push forward the storyline that he was better off without the Shield when he was in SmackDown and he was both an Intercontinental Champion, a WWE Champion, the storyline that they've been trying to tell. Do you think it would have worked out a lot better had Dean Ambrose been the one that got pinned? George? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think, I mean, honestly, I'm really, really liking whatever it is that they're doing in terms of, like, having, having being in, and it's one of those things where watching it on Raw, where you saw Roman with his belt, uh, with Rollins with his belt, well, y'all thought it. Yeah. We all thought the same thing, and we were like, oh, cool, they actually went there. I, at least that's, that's how I saw it. I was like, because oh, you kind of saw, like, Ambrose just looked a little weird, and I'm really liking what they're doing, so I thought it would have furthered the story, absolutely. But in terms of the actual match, and you guys are going to love this one, I, 
it's just a perfect example of whatever it is that they were doing last week before Dean Ambrose got hurt, it was they hit pause and just hit continue. Because mm-hmm. one year ago, it was the Shield versus Braun Strowman, Sheamus, and Cesaro. The same exact thing. But I feel like whatever it is that they were doing last year, you know, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why maybe Roman didn't get the belt until Ambrose got back because that wasn't the story they were trying to tell until now. So, I mean, match quality, that's always going to be a good match. Like, we're not, nobody, nobody's complaining about the match itself. It's To me, it's like, I mean, it's cool. I, I'm more interested in the Shield themselves as opposed to like, all right, well, which, which team you're going to do now because we saw the same matches last year. Same exact matches last year. Mm-hmm. I- now, do you think that maybe WWE could work a lot better on sort of? Do you feel that sometimes they rush certain storylines? So, like, let's say they want to break, they want Ambrose to turn on on the Shield. Do you think that maybe instead of ha- making it happen so fast, they pull it, they push it a little longer, make it a little bit further, make it last a little longer? I think they had a checklist of stuff they wanted to do when they reunited the Shield. And I believe the I first actually time or the second time either time mm-hmm. like they had a checklist they kind of sort of reunited the shield a year ago and then it fell apart for like extenuating when circumstances. Ambrose got hurt, yeah, yeah. Like, well Ambrose got hurt but then like also the one match that could have happened that was a Roman thing oh yeah 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 like that was the, TLC yeah the TLC match where they had to change so much due to like an airborne illness oh, yeah um but. What I do think is part of, like, one of the checklist things they wanted was they wanted to tease a Dean Ambrose turn and then not do it. And then they probably want to tease a Seth Rollins feels like he's better than Roman Reigns turn and then not do it. And then tease a Roman Reigns feeling like he's better than the Shield and then not do it. And then pick which one they want. Like, I think they have a checklist, and then this Dean Ambrose business is one of the checklists. A big tag match is one of the checklists. A Survivor Series match is one of the checklists. Like, they just have a checklist of stuff they want to do pretty much between now and probably the end of the, the calendar year with the Shield. And this is one of the things. It's crazy because, like, I'm, I was thinking, too, like, what if Rollins turns heel again? And then the whole story is like, dude, you didn't think I was going to do it again? <laughs> like, you know, like, like how stupid are you to think that I, I, I was capable of it doing it once? Like, yeah. Now, you know, it may, may, maybe you're maybe it is going to come to, like, you know, I'm the Intercontinental Champion, but... You know, I want that universe. I, you know, I've been looking at it for so long because you're holding it right in front of me, and now I want that belt. Because mm. we, we I think we do need a, a bigger. I think Strowman's great, but like I don't know. I feel like we really need a another big time heel on Raw. Also, if you want to talk about the fundamental truth of the Shield, before it became blatantly obvious that Roman Reigns was the the Golden Boy, they were very much a leaderless group in the sense that any given moment someone took the lead on an objective. That's what made them great. It, yeah, it was Dean Ambrose at one point, but then it was Seth Rollins at one point, and it was Roman Reigns at yeah. one point. Um, I'm sure I've told this story before, but at one point I had written a whole year's worth of television just to say I did it. And one of the things I did around that time was I had the Shield win the Royal Rumble together. That they all take over the Royal Rumble, and then all three of them jump out of the ring at the exact same time. And that they're declared the co-winners of the Royal Rumble. You must have just read the Hunger Games there for that. Yes, you are. <laughs> I've timestamped it. And then they would have. Then I had them squabble at the next pay per view in a ladder match, specifically to see who actually gets to make that choice. But they remained a group. So that's that's how I see the Shield in its purest form. And I would love within that for Dean Ambrose to say after Crown Jewel, but before Survivor Series, or I'm. 
Is TLC after Survivor Series? TLC is still after. So like it's in maybe December. maybe at TLC Dean Ambrose or Seth R- Dean Ambrose faces Seth Rollins for the right to face Roman Reigns within them being a such a strong faction that it's like all right let's see who's best let's do it that's just how I, that purist before once his face got his hands on it and really wanted Roman to look strong all the time that's what I thought the shield was best with. All right. Well, I think Sorry, we can I was go. All over the place. We can go further and further with the shield. But what I want to talk to you guys about is the triple threat at Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel. Did I say that? Crown Jewel. Uh, Bra- Braun Strowman, Bra- Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. Who do you guys think <sighs> is going to take this one? I feel like, to be honest, I kind of feel this one's a little bit obvious. But let's just get <laughs> your guys' opinions. George, we'll start with you. I mean, if you. it's going to be another glorified house show, it's going to be Roman Reigns. <laughs> um, well, that's. If it's going to be another glorified house show, it's going to be Roman Reigns. I, it. I think it really depends on that UFC. That UFC. The U, yeah, the UFC testing pool in Nevada and Brock Lesnar's current deal. That maybe they want to take the belt off Brock Lesnar again to ha- or take put the belt back on Brock Lesnar to have him have more of a run. Can you top. imagine the fan reaction if that were to happen? In Saudi Arabia, they'd be okay no, with it. No, uh, here. here. I'm talking would, about here. Imagine here how people... Riot. I would feel people would be very pissed about that, considering that prior to to Brock, to Roman Reigns having the bout, everybody was pissed that Brock Lesnar had not defended this at all. So I feel that, you know, this one could go either way, but I'm going to go ahead and say that it's definitely going to be Roman Reigns. But before we continue, I want to say, hey, After Buzzers, our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows from dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. There is no network that works harder to serve television fans, but we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that tailor-made just for you, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow, which obviously we all want. And if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be, because they are optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel. Check out our AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments, and we'll thank you on air. For now, thanks for being the best fans, and for helping us be the ESPN of TV Talk. Now... Back to the to- back to the talking of the ESPN. Okay, that's not making any sense. Forget what I just said. You get there. All right, jumping forward, AJ Styles defeated Samoa Joe in what I'm going to say is probably the best match that they've had so far in WWE. I feel that this match told a great story. AJ Styles finally had a clean pay per view finish. Just going to throw that out there, and I thought it told had a good ending. I don't know. Let's start with you, George. What did you think? Uh, first off, I want to say uh, real quick. I didn't get a chance to say it at the last show because we didn't they didn't have the, the match announced yet. But I absolutely despise the stipulation for this match. I think it was the worst one. It just doesn't make sense. Like you know, for example, I said it again uh, back when it was AJ Nakamura for the Last Man Standing. Why are you going to put them in the Last Man Standing when neither guy answered the count of ten to begin with in the previous match? So now it's like, oh, now there must be a winner. AJ versus Joe. I'm sorry, was there not a winner last time? <laughs> There was a winner and there was a loser. The only match that would have made sense, and I'm saying this, I scouts honor, I said this about two weeks ago, before obviously I knew the finish of this match. I say, swear to God, I think the only match that made sense for yesterday would have been a submission match. We, I agree. And, and, and the fact that it totally made sense, and I'm going to get into some, hopefully something else that makes sense for a later match uh, for, for between Charlotte and Becky, and you guys are going to love that one, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, it's, it's like, why are you going to... There was a winner. And the fact that the match itself... Don't get me wrong. I love this match. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was the best match thing. But, like, it didn't really need to be a, 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 a no DQ, no count. They used, like, the one chair. 
Right. That's it. Like, AJ Styles did not do anything that, like, made him, like, jump over the edge and, like, use weapons. Like, he just made him tap out with a regular move, you know? So the actual, like, nitpicking, but overall, I, th- I still thought it was a fantastic match. <laughs> but just, I need to say about the stipulation, I think it was a stupid stipulation to have that after last month's match. Steve? Um, I thought this match was fantastic. These two can go, and they went on such a huge stage. Um, I... I think this was kind of a house show finish, though, in the sense that AJ won. It was, I don't know, I guess I guess because he hadn't won definitively before then, it, it kind of counts as a pay-per-view finish, but... He beat him! He beat, like, he won, he beat him clean. Not the ref, not his fault the ref didn't see it. Yeah, I'm, okay, I'm with you. <laughs> okay, but I do think this match was great. I, I always have issues when people, when they get too into the rules... Mm-hmm. Where they're like, it's it's no DQ, no count out, but falls won't count anywhere except in places where the water in the toilets go the other direction, and 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 like the second you get too into the rules, you I I have trouble suspending my disbelief. Where it's like you can do anything at all, but pin him in the ring. So now one of the things that we find out later on in this show is that we are going to be seeing Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles at Crown Jewel. I'm super stoked about this. How do you guys feel about it? I mean, I hopefully it turns out great, and uh, <laughs> this is going to be weird to say again. I'm going to get so hated for this. Daniel Bryan hasn't really been that impressive since he came back, and and and, and I mean that as in like the best way possible because I know that you know he's he's one of my favorites. But like, first off, he I mean maybe we can talk about it now. Might as well. He had the worst match of the night, and and, and <laughs> part and part of it I don't think it's his fault. I really truly believe that it was a last minute decision to have that really weird quick match with the finish. Um, and even, like, looking back to the last month, like, who would have thought that Daniel Bryan would have been in, like, the fifth or sixth best, best match on any given night, you know? Uh, you know, for, for at least last month. I had his match with, with Miz at SummerSlam was great. But, like, maybe he needs, like, maybe AJ Styles to maybe really, you know, ha- show everybody, hey, he's back and he's back for good. So, from that aspect, I'm looking forward to the match. Uh, hopefully they, they, they tore the house down. But, obviously, it's going to be a weird crowd, though. I know, it's going to be interesting. Mm. I feel like, if anything, those are the two guys that I would love to see in a series of matches. But again, this is happening at Crown Jewel, so it's definitely going to be a little and bit different. And I think Miz should have won. Well, we're, um, t- to your initial point, I do, I do think part of the reason Daniel Bryan feels underwhelming is that Daniel Bryan has influenced so much of the WWE's product since he left. It's the equivalent to saying The Matrix 2 was underwhelming. I thought Matrix 2 was awesome. But compared to all the movies that it was competing against, it wasn't as good as them. And it wasn't ultimately the Matrix's fault. They were still a movie... Like, they were still a movie on par with the first movie. It's just they they rose the tide so high that they had to compete on a high... They had to compete on a higher level. That's how I kind of feel about Daniel Bryan in the ring right now, that he hasn't changed at all. If anything, he's ramped it up a lot more. Mm -hmm. It's AJ Styles wasn't there five years ago. Um, Seth Rollins, like Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, weren't really there. Chris Jericho didn't really change his stuff up. Like Chris Jericho didn't really change. Like plenty of examples of people that like there wasn't a cruiserweight division yet. Like 
Daniel Bryan really influenced the product. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all these shows for you free is by our amazing sponsors, and today Spotify is one of our sponsors. On Spotify, you can listen to all of your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you don't miss an episode. Premium users can even download episodes to listen to offline, wherever they are, and you can easily share what you're listening to with all your friends and following on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for AfterBuzz TV on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure you follow us so you never miss an episode of AfterBuzz TV. If anything, it's just totally wishful thinking. I would love for Daniel Bryan to be in the Cruiserweight division. No, not it would never happen. Bye. Never happen. But just imagine the match quality. There we can really see Daniel Bryan like really, really like have great matches with people. Because like, even if you think about it, his first match is back. Big cast. Nothing against Big Cast, but let's be real. You know, then it was against uh, who was after Big Cast. Didn't he go to the Miz afterwards? Was it Andrade Almas? That was no, never that was a pay per view match. Someone leave that in the chat. Clearly, we're yeah, having a. Forget. George, you're supposed break. to remember this. Dude, this is your role here. Big cast twice. We're All right, well, while we think about four. that, hold on. We want to go back to Samoa Joe, guys, because Samoa Joe has also been very impressive here in his. In his, he's been impressive since like day one that I've first heard of Samoa Joe. But first and foremost, do you guys think that he is going to become WWE champion anytime soon, or did his ship sail after the series with AJ Styles? Steve, we'll start with you. Never say never, but probably not soon. Probably not between now and WrestleMania. I don't. I believe he was a pit stop on. I can't really speak to what the plan would be for AJ Styles, but I think he was only ever a pit stop for whatever AJ Styles is up to. I like never obviously never say never. I think I think he's a world champion caliber athlete. He was before he ever got there. I I don't see it in the cards for him until maybe SummerSlam. I think it's definitely going to be a while. I mean, as much as we would all love to see Samoa Joe as a champion, I think that there's still a lot more possibilities and a lot more matches that could be done with AJ Styles. I pers- After, you know, he does his thing with Daniel Bryan, I personally think we're going to see him move on to Randy Orton. So I feel that Samoa Joe is going to sort of get overlooked right now just because there are more possibilities mm-hmm. with AJ. George, is there anything that you wanted to add to that about Samoa Joe's future as a WWE champion? I mean, I would love to see him. Oh, he faced Kane. I would love to, or he's team with Kane. I yeah. would love to see him like you know be more obviously but it's like when you really look at the grandest scope of them all our god is i really don't i really hope that losing to aj doesn't really put you in the u.s title division like it did for nakamura um but but we all know he's good enough but like as far as big star this is the wwe championship this is the the main title the one that you know jack swagger is a former world champion but he's not a WWE champion. You know what I mean? Like, oh, mm. there's, there's, there's still there's a levels. little, there's still a little bit like two words though, Jinder Mahal. Yeah, he puts this, let's just say he puts no, this to shame. Right? No championship is yeah. perfect. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but yeah, just, there are way more hits than misses with the WWE well, championship. I'll give you that, but Jinder Mahal was a WWE I'm champion. I'm trying yeah. to forget Jinder Mahal was champion. I'm sorry, Jinder. Nice guy, I I, was, I'm I sure, was but a great champion. you know. All right, that's not the topic we're discussing here right now, George. <laughs> we're not going to get into gender and his championship reign just because we're all going to get um, triggered. But, but yeah, I mean, but when you break it breaking out, I think AJ Styles is on a whole nother level that that guys like Joe or Nakamura aren't there yet. 
I, I think they're still they're still like right there. They're still like right over that plateau that really is going to elevate them. But I think AJ Styles is so good. But the real question is, is he just above everyone else that he's just that good? Or are the other guys just not there yet? And I really think some of those other guys still need a little bit more... Um, I see you. you. Know? Not mid-card level, but not all the way at the top Yeah, yet. I just think AJ's... It's a combination of both. AJ is that good that he kind of makes everyone else, like, kind of, like, far behind. Right, right. So now moving on to one of the matches that, honestly, I thought over-delivered in comparison to what I originally thought, which was Ronda Rousey and the Bellas versus the Riot Squad. Honestly... First of all, I'm just going to say this. I loved the finish to this match. I thought it was absolutely creative. Ronda Rousey just keeps growing and growing immensely talented in the ring. I think I think she's doing a phenomenal job. But Steve, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts on this match? Um, I thought this was a great six-woman tag team match. I I don't I I enjoy seeing Ronda in the ring. I I enjoy watching Ronda get better and better week by week, month by month. And it is interesting that the things that she does well are things that usually take people years upon years to actually do well. So, like, the little things, like, not screaming the finish. Not screaming the finish. Her there selling, we go. Loud, yes. enough so that the, loud enough so the camera can hear it. Or, like, don't destroy, like, don't actually hurt your opponent. Like, she's really good at those things. And it, but like, was that a dig, Steve? Was that, that was, a dig? That was not a I dig. I sensed it. I sensed a dig. That was not a dig. I, I mentioned I was here to talk about Raw last Monday, and I think what I, I kind of arrived at a good understanding of why the Ronda Rousey character falls flat for me, and that that's they didn't write a character for Ronda Rousey. Like this is what Ronda Rousey is. There's here's three adjectives. Here's what she would do in this situation. They kind of just signed Ronda Rousey and let her show up and become that character right. you would writing wise you would compare that to someone like Shayna Baszler who they actually wrote a character for and then had backstory and then motivations and then things whereas Ronda Rousey's just she's just kind of there and she's the baddest woman on the planet and they just kind of deal with whatever they think that is I like the seed that they're planning obviously to make the Bella Twins heal because I don't know why they're face to be very honest they don't read as they never since this comeback, they've never read as faces to me, so I think it's about time. All right. Well, you pretty much nailed that sort of perspective on the match, but I want to know, George, if you want to add to this, what about the rumor of Ronda Rousey facing Nikki Bella at Evolution? Is it the match that we actually want to see Ronda Rousey in? What do you think? Is it yours? It's not mine, but I'm not the decision maker. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's a good test for Ronda Rousey. I mean, Nikki Bella. And, and again, everybody knows my, my love. Not my, not my personal love, just how much praise I have for the Bellas. I think they're some of the most... And I'm going to get... I can already see the comments now. I <laughs> think Nikki Bella and both Bellas are, are more to credit for for the for the women's evolution than you think uh people disagree with me um but it's true uh but and so i'm i'm, I'm happy that they're they've have come to this because nikki bella whether you like it or not is a really big star yes she, she is. really really is there are a lot of non-wrestling fans that i personally know that know who nikki bella is and don't know who alexa bliss is or don't know who what's like everyone's you know charlotte or you, becky lynch you know right it's i don't know it's I don't want to say it's frustrating. I, I I find it fascinating as someone who doesn't watch that much reality TV. How many people don't know much about anything I talk about here, but know who the Bellas are, know who Paige is, know who, know who Carmella is, know who Mandy Rose is, 
because they're all on that reality show. That's what they want. Yeah, like, that's what WWE wants. That's what they're getting. I don't know. It comes, it reads untrue and comes off a little inconsistent to and us who watch solely their in-ring product, but that's not I mean, for me. Especially in my own opinion, I think Nikki Bella, since she's been back for like about a month or so, I think she's looked amazing. I mean, better than Brie, but I think like Nikki has looked like fantastic. I, I think the the work that she's putting in the last month, way better than she did like, you know, the previous time that she was around um, when, when after like the draft, you know, when she was fleeting with Carmella and, and, and Natty and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, so if this is the Nikki Bella that I'm going to see against Ronda and this is Ronda who is, you know, getting better and better every week, like I'm not I'm not not intrigued. I mean, but who would you rather see Ronda Rousey against? Right. No, I totally agree with you. Definitely, they, she has a star, the mainstream star power, and we don't have to argue about the fact that Ronda Rousey is a star already. So I can definitely see that pairing. So now, we kind of already talked about Daniel Bryan and The Miz, but was there any additional things that you guys wanted to add about this? I think it was a last-minute decision, I think. And I don't know, because it was weird. When you saw Charles Robinson, like, you know, kind of keep... You know, hitting his ear. You saw like a really big earpiece in his ear. Mm-hmm. I don't, it just felt like it was like, all right, guys, we run out of time. Like it, it happened like during the match. All right, guys, we're gonna go home. Uh, you know, so ro- roll them up. Like I don't. Know, it's just weird. Like it's unfortunate for both guys because I, I first off, I think the Miss should have won. I think the Miss should have keep beating Brian over and over again. So the fact that Brian got his first big win in a long time over the Miz in this way, uh, it is a little disappointing. Not not a fan again. I don't even want to say the least favorite match or least best match. It really was the worst match of the night. It was the most disappointing thing. I think it was a paper. This heading into this was the most pay per view matchup, the most pay per view match, mm-hmm. and then it gave you a house show match. Like it gave you a house. Sh- like this was literally a house show finish. A small package. I'm out of here. I I don't know. It's we'll be excited to see Daniel Bryan. We'll be excited to see Daniel Bryan fight for the title. This was interesting. It's a good way to it's a good way to allow us to come back to the Daniel Bryan Miz stuff. But right. We can't. We we surely can't talk about it more than the match actually was. I think the interesting part about this, the quick roll up and all that, is that New Japan does this to kind of teach their fans, like, hey, you know, just because it's a main event or main event status, the match can. It's not. It doesn't have to go thirty yeah. minutes, et cetera, et cetera. But because this is not something we see very often in WWE, it almost seems sort of like a botch or an error, or like you said, George. Like, what was going on? Was this a quick thought? Who knows what happened? If there. that's the case, then I totally disagree with it. Because like, I, if if that's how New Japan does it, that's what I watch New Japan for. I don't watch WWE for New Japan stuff. I yeah. watch WWE for WWE stuff. This doesn't fit the WWE style at all. All right, all right. Well, moving on, we're going to go ahead and go into the tag team match with John Cena, Bobby Lashley, who defeated Elias and Kevin Owens. And I know we kind of want to talk, can we just say this? What is up with John Cena's hair? I know that's so terrible. Um, Who wants to start? This is a fun topic. um, So, well, I'll ask everyone here. Do you think it was for hymns? Some type of replacement (laughs) Or a hairpiece. No, it looked so. so unnatural, I thought it was a hairpiece. Yeah, you think so? I it think lo- we're just so used to seeing his hair short that it's like, wait, it's kind of longer now. I I don't know. It looks super unnatural. Randy Orton did this like two or three months ago. Yeah, we're all very, yeah, yeah. We're all very, very confused. <laughs> I never thought I'd be talking so much about men's hair while talking about an actual sporting, like, within reason, an actual sporting event. But, like, we'll talk about the Shawn Michaels stuff later, but... 
I don't know. John Cena's hair was weird. But doesn't it feel like it sort of takes away from He doesn't look like a star to me. He doesn't look like John Cena, the face of the company. He looks like a dad. Yeah, like, I'm honestly, sorry. I mean, this is going to sound really bad, but he looked like a 40-year-old wrestler. He looked like a and, dad. And the best thing, I mean, what made John Cena great, I mean, one of the things that made him great, is like, he really never aged. You look at his. You look at how he looked against Kurt Angle from his first time, aside from the little thing. Like he really looks the same. Right. But so now it's like, dude, you kind of yeah. Although, what's up, dude? In his defense, if you look at his first title match against, oddly enough, John Bradshaw Layfield, who mm-hmm. has a similar haircut. Similar is the same. His haircut. His hair was actually this long. There was a weird moment around 04, 05 mm-hmm. where all the young guys like John Cena and Randy Orton had long hair, mm-hmm. like had a full head of hair, and then at a certain point they all buzzed it down to nothingness. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I pay a lot of attention to hair. It's a thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, I, it just it has to shave it off. Shave it off. There's certain people here that we want to see with hair, and certain people we want to see with no hair. All right. It just happens to be that way. Is there anything that you guys wanted to add about this? One of the things that we should also probably touch base on really quickly is Bobby Lashley. Were we just dis- are we disappointed with what we're seeing him right now in the WWE? How do you guys feel? Uh, not him personally. I think he's a great performer who can do a lot with very little, as has been shown since they've brought him back, which at best has felt like a holding pattern. It felt like someone somewhere wanted to sign Bobby Lashley, and that someone somewhere didn't actually have a plan for what to do with Bobby Lashley. So he's just kind of there. I mean, maybe there, maybe Crown Jewel is going to be a King of the Ring-style tournament, and maybe he's going to win that, and maybe that's actually going to catapult him to some type of legitimate merit-based competitor. But I don't... They could just as easily shuffle him back down to nothingness. I don't know. I don't I, I don't know, and I don't think they know. George? I'm going to start off by saying that it's weird that uh, Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens and Lashley were all involved in the worst two matches of the night. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, turn him heel. Please turn him heel. Please. Like, like I mean, you have Leo Rush, who kind of, like... He's great. Like I'm, you know, he obviously can do anything, but like he already kind of has this little cocky persona. It's like kind of transfer it together. Like I think they'd be great as heels. Like both Leo, like isn't it Leo like a face on Raw but a heel on Two Hundred Five Live? Something like that. Yeah, it's like, I, dude, turn them both heels. I've long held a belief you can have a face, you can have a face wrestler and then a heel manager. And this would have like, been this would have been a perfect opportunity for Leo Rush to be the face. Go out there, get heat. And then Bobby Lashley to come out and yeah. be like, no, man, be cool. Yeah. And, like, especially, like, because Lashley was great as a heel in, in TNA. And, like, his, his mic skills has always been kind of lacking. I, I don't think he's they're ever gonna he's ever going to be exactly where they want him to be in terms of mic skills. Enter Leo Rush. Perfect. So, in closing, everything, every good quality Bobby Lashley had, he left it an impact. Moving Oof. on. <laughs> All right. I, I don't think it's his fault, but, yeah. <laughs> Moving on to Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Charlotte won by DQ. What did you guys think about this finish? Are you guys happy? Are you not happy? I personally think that they need to find a different way to move a story forward without a DQ. <laughs> George, let me start with you because I feel this energy ready to explode. I, I love the finish and I'm going to tell you why. Oof. Because it's going to go into what I hopefully think is a, a stipulation that makes sense. Okay, so you have their last blah, blah, blah. So now you had this match... Um, Becky used the belt to hit Charlotte, causing the DQ, you know? They already announced their rematch on SmackDown. It's going to be... It's a match, but it's like if Becky uses the belt, she's going to get DQ'd and lose the belt. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking somehow 
Charlotte might, might be DQ'd for maybe using the belt. So therefore, what are you going to do to make sure the belt is out of the equation? Evolution, Charlotte versus Becky, ladder match. I'm the about it. The best Steve. transition as far as, like, how do you make sure not only there's going to be a winner and a loser, but how do you make sure that nobody uses the belt as a weapon? I like the story you're telling. I disliked the finish. I like. I dislike the story that this finish told, which well, is you can't do both. You can't like both. No, no, but no, I can because this finish ultimately said all of the fire, pun intended, that mm. Becky Lynch has been bringing to this feud isn't worth a payoff or a finish in front of seventy thousand people. <laughs> that's that's ultimately what it looked like to me because they were gi- they were giving up a barn burner. I've also said enough about what they think what they think Becky Lynch's character is versus what we think Becky Lynch's character is and how that hurts Charlotte if they keep them together. I thought it would have made more sense. I think it would make more sense if Evolution, Charlotte, just wasn't in the woman's title hunt at all. Like, it was Becky Lynch, Carmella, to establish Becky Lynch as, at the very least, a tweener. So, like, someone we're gonna... Someone we're gonna boo kind of sort of against Charlotte, but we're gonna cheer against Carmella. So establish that Becky Lynch can be both. And then get Charlotte Flair away from it. They're not going to do that. Apparently, these, these two are just going to fight forever. And I think that that was I think that was part of the problem for me with this finish. And I'm going to get to say it four more times. This was a house show finish. But you can't we like my finish and then like the ladder like match it. because the ladder match idea was a result of the finish. Ooh. If that wasn't the finish, then I would never have mentioned the ladder match though. I then let me rephrase that. I like <laughs> I liked the story you told. I would prefer there would have been a finish on this match at Super Showdown, like a definitive finish where Becky Lynch wins and Charlotte has to go to the bottom of the pile. And then it's it means that much more when Charlotte gets to come back. Instead of the Roman Reigns treatment that they're teetering on with Charlotte Flair, which is Charlotte just keeps getting title shots against Becky Lynch without any explanation at all. But that's one of the reasons why people are cheering Becky. That's But, but that's what I'm... I don't know. They, they're they hurting Charlotte. The more they keep Charlotte with Becky at this point, they're going to hurt Charlotte. They're going to make they're going to make us not like Charlotte because they like Charlotte. I do agree with that, Steve. And I feel I, she's getting the Roman Reigns treatment. Or they're, they're teetering on it. Like, she's not getting it yet. But if they keep her working with Becky Lynch up through Evolution, they're very much asking for that kind of sentiment. The thing us. is that they need to build up Charlotte so that, you know, we all originally thought that this was going to be Charlotte, Ronda Rousey sort of deal, you know? And right now, Charlotte is not looking like a competitor fit to face Ronda Rousey, uh, is if, what if, I feel. If I become a wrestler, and, 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 and you say, George, hey, you need to cool it down because you're going to get the Roman Reigns treatment, I'm going to keep doing exactly what I'm doing. You're, so it doesn't make sense that you say, well, Charlotte can do it. Like, good. That's, isn't that what they want? You're missing our point. Not really, because it's an <laughs> unnatural thing. It's kind of like saying, okay, Becky, she's more, the crowd treats her like a face, but they're pushing her as a heel. It's unnatural to go against what the fans, or how the fans are treating her. It's that sort of thing. So that's why I feel that that's exactly what's happening with Charlotte. Charlotte should be, Charlotte should be the heel, because that's the way that the fans are seeing her, that's the way they're treating her, and that's the way that, and because they're doing it otherwise, that's why she's getting the Roman Reigns treatment. If, if, if you see Charlotte, Charlotte, and you know, I didn't even, are you going to boo her against Becky Lynch? Yeah. Yes, and she's a heel. Okay, but that's, but that's not, not the not way what, they're. That's not the story they're th- telling. Says though. who? 
says what we're seeing on the screen. You're, you're not going to win this one. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Right. All right. Well, this has been an ongoing argument. This isn't an argument that we're just having right now. It's all over Twitter. Becky Lynch heel shouldn't be heel. We all know that people have been arguing about this overall. But we're going to push forward to <sighs> Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander. This is one of the things that I think everyone can say we were happy about, which was Buddy Murphy winning. How did you guys feel? Because I personally thought that Buddy Murphy became a star here tonight. Being the hometown guy, winning in his hometown, which is very rare to see, and seeing that happen, star status. Up, boom. George, we'll start with you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it it really... I mean, we all know who Buddy Murphy is, regardless of how much we watch, you know, 205 Live or not. You know, remember him being a tag team with Wesley Blake in uh, Mm -hmm. in NXT. And we all thought they were a good team. I mean, honestly, I, I think at that time nobody really stood out as, like, one guy being a star. I thought they were both kind of flaring, to be honest with you. Once they lost the Alexa or the belt, I thought it was, it was mm-hmm. all downhill. But but good for Buddy Murphy because you can tell the body that he had back then and the body that he has now, it's like, man, he really puts in the work. And it really shows in the ring. Uh, you know, we've seen matches for him with, like, Mustafa Ali. That's, mm-hmm. like, phenomenal. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I love – it really made him a big star. And hopefully, hopefully we see him on Raw. I think I think you know guys like him or Cedric or you know Mustafa who've been killing on a two five. I want to see them on Raw every now and then. It doesn't I, have to be every week, but just. I'm happy that we didn't see this match on a pre-show, and I hope yeah. that we now don't. We don't just get used to seeing the 205 Live guys on the pre-show. I feel like after this win for Buddy Murphy, that they deserve to be on the car on mm-hmm. the main card. I'm happy this match was very well positioned on this card. Um, uh, someone, a fellow AfterBuzz host found me in the hallway and asked me about this show specifically and if there was anything of note worth watching. And I said, honestly, the only thing of note absolutely 100% worth watching from this show is this match. This was the only match of consequence. Everything else, I'm going to say house show three more times starting now. Everything else was a house show in the sense that none of the stories moved forward. This actually, the story actually moved forward. We've been building up Buddy Murphy for a long time. Also, it's a very special moment for him because, and I was trying to explain it, it's not only the equivalent to me wrestling a match and winning a world title in Philadelphia, but it's the equivalent to me wrestling a match and winning the world title at Lincoln Financial Field where the Philadelphia Eagles play. Like, there's that many people there in my hometown, not my home country, not my home state, my hometown, and I think it was very special. And this, like this match, rose to that occasion. And honestly, if that meant Daniel Bryan and Miz got less time, I'll take it. Right, and it's funny because right before I started watching the show, I sent out a tweet and I asked people what was the highlight of the show, what was the best match, and this was the one that everybody mostly wrote to me, which is very shocking considering that we had Triple H, we had the Undertaker, Daniel Bryan, we had the Miz, we had Ronda Rousey, we had so many other things that you would have thought, hey, this is going to be the highlight, but no, this was the highlight. So applaud, honestly, yep. a huge applause to that because that was amazing. Um, so let's move on. We're almost through the card here, but New Day defeated the Bar. I want to know. What do you guys think is next for either the New Day or for the bar? Steve, we'll start with you. Um, last time I was asked this, I said it would be really cool if Sanity if Sanity beat two teams on the way to become number one contenders to face the New Day so that you can rebuild Sanity to be credible contenders against two teams like, let's say, the Bludgeon Brothers and Sheamus and Cesaro that could handle the loss, and then you make one more team. They didn't do that. They they squashed sanity. So, I 
I guess my answer now is, like, keep the New Day an act. I don't think they need a championship. I think as an act, as an act, championships don't really mean much. I think Cesaro and Sheamus, I don't know. I think tag team wrestling in the WWE is real weird. I should probably write a thesis, a graduate-level thesis on it. George, what did you want to add? We can see the Usos again. I mean, they're always fun to watch together. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, who's really left? I mean, Sanity's the only one that we really haven't seen what they can do in that spotlight. And, in fact, I mean, when was the last time they've been on TV, you know? So, and again, I, I think I say it all the time. There's too many people on the roster. So, maybe time to rotate Sanity in that mix and, you know, see what they can do. But then, how do you, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they think they can just build. Gender Mahal. Whatever. Stop saying to no, Mahal. Like, I'm cringing. But maybe they think I don't. I don't know how they're going to build Sanity's credibility up in November second. That's what three weeks. Let's say the plan is Sanity New Day in three weeks. Mm-hmm. How do you possibly build up Sanity's credibility in three weeks? I don't think you Having can. Haven't beaten New Day in a non-title match. But how do they? But how do you warrant them getting a non-title match with the New Day? Like none of the. I don't know. It's really difficult to book in this 50-50 booking world, but it's really harder for a team like Sanity that should dominate in the ring but be in the ring less. So really quickly, I just want to add that we've, we you know, we talked about the New Day, but also the bar. I kind of feel that if they're not going to be champions, you know, they don't have to break them up as a team, but both guys can start having more singles matches and, you know, kind of reunite every now and then. That sort of thing is what I feel because I feel they can, you know, they have a lot of potential. Both Cesaro and Sheamus are incredible, and I would like to see them start doing something on their own with that in, with that in mind. Uh, but moving forward, we have the next match we're going to be discussing, which is actually the last match we're discussing here today. Which was the Iconics defeated Naomi and Asuka. What did you guys think about this particular match? Is there anything special you guys want to add to it? Steve, we'll start with you. Um, I'm happy to see Asuka on television because that doesn't always happen, which is interesting. I'm I'm happy they didn't do the thing that I think WWE 10 years ago even would have done, which is the Iconics would have come out to Melbourne and then they would have just, like, the television product would have ignored that the Iconics are from Melbourne and everyone likes them. They would have just been like, no, the Iconics are bad people. Everywhere, always, play to the TV crowd. It's like when Shawn Michaels com- comes out on a Raw in Canada and everyone boos him and they just ignore it. They just pipe it through like, nope, TV audience, Shawn Michaels a face, it's what we do. I do like that they had that layer of realism here. That people are going to like Billy Kay and Peyton Royce because that's, that's where they're from. But they're also going to like Naomi and Asuka because they're the good guys. Uh, this match was fun. Nothing spectacular. I, like It was everything you could have expected from these four. George, want to add anything? I mean, it just seems like they're building more and more for a, a women's tag team championship. You had Renee kind of go over a lot like, oh, I, I'm loving Asuka and Naomi as a team. But like mm. Really pushing them as a team. Uh, I personally think a women's tag team championship is a bad, bad idea. I... Do not want it, not yet at least. Um, I th- want to see a, a better a women's secondary championship. I think that would be more uh, beneficial for the evolution of women. Um, but I mean, it was good. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the Iconics, especially when they're on t- oh, they're on the microphone. I, I, I love hearing them talk. Not even maybe it's because of the accent, but they're just like, oh, you know, it's good, it's good. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just something about the way they talk and just they really, really love being that character. And it really like the same way you see like you you love watching a new day on TV. I love watching the Iconics be on TV because you know they're having fun, and when they're having fun. 
we like to watch that kind of stuff. Right. No, and I'm glad that you mentioned about the rumors about the women's tag team titles. I think that they definitely have an, an amount of women to be able to do that. But then again, I don't want to see Asuka and Naomi be a tag team. Why? Because I think they're better off separately. So if you're going to... I don't like the idea of pairing two two guys that were singles and putting them together. Mm. I If they're going to be a tag team, I want it to be like an actual tag team, mm-hmm. you know, which I obviously... I mean, I, that's both men and women. I don't, right. I don't know. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. This is both men and women for me personally. I don't think WWE economically uses their television time properly to warrant two tag team divisions and two women, two women's divisions. Yeah, is it going to mean both both brands? Well, like, no, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Like, that's, like, that's honestly the problem. I think had they listened to me at WrestleMania when they gave the tag team titles to Braun Strowman and an 11-year-old boy... That's a perfect time to drop the Raw Tag Team titles, make one tag division, and now you would have room on another show for a woman's tag division. Y'all should listen to me. All right, last question before we go. Do we want more stadiums like the ones we are having in Australia, stadium shows like the ones we are having in Australia and Saudi Arabia, or are they taking away from the grandest spectacle of them all, WrestleMania, George? What are your thoughts on that? I'm hit or miss because man, these seeing these shows are fantastic. But I, I'm I as much as I agree with Steve in some ways. Like as long as they're not like a glorified house show, which I don't think this was. <laughs> uh, like I'm all for it. Um, actually, you know what? I probably I probably would not want to see a glorified house show, on, or I'd rather see a glorified house show on these events because it just kind of it makes it more unique. That's like oh, you know, we're seeing a house show. On you know on the network from some other random country like I think that's cooler than trying to make this feel like a big deal you know I don't know just it's, the know. announced team kept trying to make it seem like it was WrestleMania but you want to know how we you know it wasn't WrestleMania or WrestleMania feel because nobody no. the Hall of Famers didn't come out no because uh, Triple H did not have his WrestleMania tan. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right. I, I was expecting and more Triple laughs, H, guys. And Triple, H, and Triple H won. <laughs> All right. Steve, what were your thoughts about this? Um, My thoughts on this is I have a grander plan of how... Because the question really becomes how do you deal with the fact that you're all over the place, but that your television product probably shouldn't move while you're all over the place. I, I see... I'm identifying that as the problem, that you have NXT UK, you want to be in Australia, you want to be in Saudi Arabia, but you don't, and you want to have people care that all those things are happening, but what you don't want are to necessarily move your product forward like less than once a month. I think the solution is you have, you run all the house shows you could ever run everywhere you could ever run them, tape those house shows, and then run a weekly and or a monthly show that's essentially a clip show, that you air whatever match you think Whatever match plays into whoever you're talking about, maybe you have someone come into a studio, give kind of a talking smack feel interview, and that would allow you multiple divisions that may only exist on the WWE Network, may only come out, the participants may only come out on the house shows, wherever the house shows may be, and I think that would be a good way to call it WWE Network Live or something, WWE Network Worldwide. All right. Well, guys, let us know in the comments or on our social media, wherever you guys want to reach out. Let us know what your thoughts were on the show and what do you guys think about these stadium shows. And are you guys looking forward to Crown Jewel Evolution? Let us know. But before we go, George, where can the people find you? You can find me at Twitter, Instagram, uh, Ghermoza, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A. You can watch my first wrestling match (laughs) ever, uh, The Devastator 2 vs. Kid Sister on YouTube. Let me know what you think. I know I need work, but (laughs) it's my first match, guys. (laughs) 
Jesus. analyze them, break it down for them. Steve, what about you? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter almost exclusively. I'm at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. I do a lot of cool stuff. I tweet about it all the time. All right, guys, you guys can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. I tweet about Taylor Swift and pro wrestling, so don't unfollow me when I tweet about Taylor Swift because I love her. Also, you guys can follow me on YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo where I post all these sorts of cool videos, wrestling stuff, the whole shebang. So thank you guys so much for watching. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.